You know, uh, when I was growing up as a Jewish boy in Portsmouth, Virginia, even I knew what Christmas was all about. I knew that it was about Jesus coming into the world. But if you would have asked me, well, coming into the world for what? Coming in the world to deliver what message? You know, I couldn't have told you. And that's what we want to talk about today because that first Christmas day, Jesus entered the world carrying a very distinctive message for you, for me, for every person alive, namely that he has the authority to forgive our sins. In fact, this is the central message of all the Bible that God is offering to forgive our sins, but only through Jesus Christ. So that's what we want to talk about this Christmas um, weekend. And are you ready? All right, we're going to start in Mark chapter 2. Here we go. Verse 1, and when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, it was heard that he was at home. Let's show you a map, and you'll see where Capernaum is on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. This is where Jesus made his headquarters during his public ministry of three years. And the Bible says immediately, many people gathered together there. Well, where's there? Well, it was at the house where he was staying so that there was no more room to receive them, not even near the doorway. And Jesus was speaking the word to them. And they, four men, came to Jesus carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. But they were unable to get close to him on account of the crowd. And so, being unable to get to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening in the roof, they let down the pallet upon which the paralyzed man was lying. Now, you need to know that in Jesus's day, houses around the Sea of Galilee had flat roofs. This is so that people could go up in the evening and enjoy the cool breezes coming off of the Sea of Galilee. They also had stairways that went up to the roof on the outside of the house. And so huffing and puffing and straining and sweating, these men painstakingly hoisted their friend up onto the roof. They chopped a hole in the roof. They let down their friend horizontally through the roof. And when all of this was over, here is this paralyzed man lying at Jesus's feet. And when Jesus saw their faith, which, oh, by the way, wasn't that hard to see, right? Yeah. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven you. But some of the scribes, these were rabbis, who were experts in the Old Testament, they were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemy? Say the next seven words with me. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. 
And you know the rabbis were correct. God alone can forgive sins. The problem is that these rabbis didn't recognize God when he was standing right in front of them. Ah, the story's not over though. In fact, here comes some of the best part. And immediately aware in his spirit that they were reasoning this way within themselves, Jesus said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Why are you thinking this? Which is easier, Jesus said. To say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven you, or to say to him, arise, pick up your pallet, and walk. Now, folks, which is easier to say to somebody? To walk up to them and say, your sins are forgiven, or to walk up and say, pick up your stretcher if they're paralyzed, and walk? Which is easier? Well, sounds like we got a little confusion about that. Okay, so think about it now. If I walked up to you in the lobby and I said to you in the lobby, your sins are forgiven you, you would probably say, wow, Lon, thanks a lot. That's great. But how would you ever know whether or not it was right? It was true. But if you and I walked up to someone in a wheelchair in our lobby and I said to them, arise, take up your wheelchair and walk, hey, it would only be about 10 seconds before we knew whether or not I could really do this, right? Okay, so Jesus' point is that it's much easier to say to somebody, your sins are forgiven because nobody can prove if it's true or not. You with me? You got it? All right. But, but, the Bible says, gosh, I love this word, but, so that you may, next word, know that the Son of Man, I, Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, take up your pallet, and go to your house. And uh, what's the next word? Say it out loud. And immediately the man arose and took up his pallet and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Hey, after years of not walking, this guy stands up. No atrophy, no weakness, no frailty, picks up his stretcher and walks out of the house. Folks, when Jesus does something, he does it right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, That's as far as we're going to go in our passage because we're going to stop now and we're going to ask our most important questions. So, we all good? This is our Christmas so what? So we're good? All right, nice and loud. Here we go. One, two, three. Yeah. 
you say, all right, Lon, that, that, that's interesting, but I'm not sure how that relates to me. I'm going to help you with that. You see, folks, listen, the main point here in Mark chapter 2 is not that Jesus healed this man. The main point is what Jesus proved by healing this man. And what he proved is that he has the authority to forgive people's sins. Your sin, my sin, everybody's sins who will trust him as their Lord and Savior. And why is this? Why does he have this kind of authority? Well, the rabbi said it because he is God alone. And Jesus said it too. In Matthew 28, he said, All authority, including the authority to forgive our sins, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, I want to show you the kind of forgiveness that Jesus offers us. This is wonderful. I want us to go back to Mark chapter 2, verse 5, when Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Because the verb that he uses here for the word forgiven is a very strong verb in the Greek New Testament. It's the Greek word aphiemi, and it means to dismiss, to completely remove, to cancel out. Uh, it's like erasing a blackboard and then taking a wet cloth and wiping the blackboard down with the wet cloth. So by the time the water dries on the blackboard, anything that was there is totally gone, completely removed. It's a fiamid, uh, so to speak. You, you with me? All right. And this is what the Bible says. This is how Jesus forgives sin. But there's more. The tense of the verb that Jesus used here with this paralyzed man is also extremely strong. It's the Greek perfect tense. The Greek perfect tense is rarely used in the New Testament. So when Jesus does use it here in Mark chapter 2, it's intentional and significant. Now, many of you have heard me refer to the perfect tense in Greek before, but just for a little bit of summary, the perfect tense in Greek indicates a completed action. It's done, but the results of which go on and on and on, unchanged uh, to infinity. Let me draw you a diagram. If you look, you'll see that the diagram shows that this man's sins were forgiven. That was that completed action. But the results of that go on and on and on into infinity. Everybody with me? So what Jesus was really saying to this man is, and please don't miss this, he was saying, son, your sins have been forgiven, your sins are now forgiven, and your sins will remain forgiven for all of eternity. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
This is the kind of forgiveness that Jesus offers us, folks. It's an absolute, total, permanent, eternal dismissal of our sins in God's judicial sight. Let me repeat that. An absolute, total, permanent, eternal dismissal of our sins in God's judicial sight. When missionaries first went to the Eskimos, they ran into a big problem. And the problem was that in the Eskimo language, there's no word for forgiveness. And yet forgiveness is the central theme of the Bible. It's the central theme of the gospel message. And so how are you going to translate it? Well, a little bit later, the missionaries discovered a phrase in the Eskimo language that goes like this. How you like my Eskimo? There you go. And here's what it means. It means not being able to think about it anymore. And this is the phrase they used to translate forgiveness. See, when we give our lives to Christ, because of Jesus' work on the cross for us, God agrees, what? Not to think about our sins anymore. Now, I can't do this. I mean, uh, when somebody um, has hurt me and they ask me to forgive them, I forgive them and I agree not to retaliate against them uh, for what they did uh, to me, but I can never fully forget what they did. I can always remember it. If you were to walk up to me and say their name and say, uh, do you remember that thing they did to you? Well, sure, I remember. I may have forgiven it. I may not be angry about it anymore, but I can still remember it. Aren't you that same way? Aren't you that same way? If you say you're not, I would say you're breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Of course you're that way. We're all that way as human beings. Ah, but listen, the Bible says, listen to this, that when God forgives our sin, listen, Hebrews 10, 17, he says, and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember. What's the next two words? No more. Say it again. No more. Say it again. No more, my friends. This is the great news of the Bible. Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, that far, you say, how far is that? I don't know, but it's a long way. That far has God removed our sins from us. And Micah chapter 7 says, God casts our sins into the depths of the sea. They're gone. This is what Jesus did for that paralyzed man. This is what Jesus did for you if you've given your heart to Christ. And this is what Jesus offers to do for every human being alive. 
This is why he came into the world at Christmas to do this because nobody else could do this for us. But remember what we said, that God makes this offer to us only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, For there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. Only Jesus has the authority to forgive sins like this. So let me say to you, if you're here today and you're trusting anybody or anything else to forgive your sins and get you into heaven, my friends, I want to tell you, you are on a dead end road. It's Jesus who has the authority to forgive sins. He proved it by raising this paralyzed man back up to hell. He proved it by rising from the dead himself. And I want to urge you, I want to beg you, I want to plead with you. Please do not put your trust and your faith in someone or something that does not have the authority to forgive sins. Not your good works, not your religious activity, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Confucius, not uh, L. Ron Hubbard. I don't care. Only Jesus has that authority. You put your trust in him. And we're going to give you a chance to do that in just a minute. But before we do that, let me just say in closing that, um, you know, this past week um, I was on my knees and I was praying, and all of a sudden I found tears running down my cheeks as I was praying. And, uh, and I said, Lord, this is crazy. I mean, it's Christmas. What, what am I doing crying at Christmas time? This is nutty. But you know, folks, the truth of the matter is our problems don't go away because it's Christmas, do they? And our heartaches don't go away because it's Christmas. And pains that we're carrying don't go away because it's Christmas. Listen, I was on my knees praying about these things. And they're heavy on my heart. I don't care whether it's Christmas or not. And God said two things to me that I want to share with you in closing because I don't think your problems went away at Christmas either, did they? Did they? Okay. The first thing God said to me is, Lon, have I ever failed you? Hmm? Lon, have I ever let you sink? Ever. Even when you yourself were responsible for the trouble you got in. Have I ever let you sink? Lon, you listen. Keep your eyes on me. And remember what I said to Joshua. I said to him, do not fear or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You keep your eyes on me, Lon. And folks, that's God's word to you too, my friend. Don't put your eyes on your problems. Put your eyes on Christ. Has he ever let you down? He will never let you down. And even if you think he let you down, you're wrong. He didn't. You just don't understand enough yet to understand why he didn't let you down. 
because he says he never will. And there was a second thing he said to me, and that was he said, hey, Lon, it's Christmas. And don't forget what that means. It means that I came into the world so that I could remember your sins no more. I came into the world so that I could write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I came into the world so that I could transfer your citizenship from earth to heaven, Philippians chapter 3. And you're going to go to heaven and be with me where you're going to spend 10 million years, not 67. Don't worry, Lon, I'm going to get you through this world. But in the meantime, you don't lose sight of heaven and do not let your troubles trounce out what Christmas means and what I did for you. And I remembered the words that he spoke to his disciples when he said in Luke chapter 10, then the 70 returned, the 70 disciples, with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. How great is that, they said. And Jesus replied, do not rejoice in this, that the demons are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Wow. Now that's perspective. And friends, I maintain that as long as our sins are remembered no more, and as long as our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and as long as we are on our way to heaven forever, our citizenship has been transferred As long as that's true, you know what? It's always a Merry Christmas, huh? What do you say? Merry Christmas. Yeah. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive us as your children for getting our eyes off of you and onto our problems so easily. Forgive us, Lord, for losing sight of heaven in all of the vicissitudes of this world so easily. Oh, Jesus, restore our proper perspective. Lord, restore our eyes back on Christ and back on the future that he has promised us in heaven. And Lord, that will provide hope to lift any day any problem, any heartache. And Father, I pray for those here today who may never have trusted you as their Savior. If you're sitting there and you've been trusting something else to get you into heaven, I want you right now, as I give you a quiet moment, just to say, Lord Jesus, I give up everything else I've ever trusted. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, Lord. To a my jiju jung na ner muk my sin. To take it and not think about it anymore because of the work of Jesus on the cross for me. Take a moment and do that if you would. Lord, honor the prayers of these folks who've prayed this. And if they're sincere, 
do exactly what you said you would do, you would remember their sins no more. You would remove them. Oh God, their prayer didn't have to be fancy and it didn't have to be flowery. It just had to be sincere. Because man looks on the outward appearance. Oh, but God sees the heart. So Lord Jesus, may lives have come to Christ here today. I pray. And thank you for why you came at Christmas. So you can say, Lon Solomon? His sins? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Satan, I don't remember them anymore. No recollection of those events. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And people said, Amen. Amen.